This is episode number one of Hungry and Nervous. Today we are talking about finding our purpose and living passionately. So when we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about and something that really has impacted both of us um, as adults and something that we think is a common problem we see for people is this obsession with finding your purpose and the idea that, you know, there's something out there that is meant for you and if you do everything right, you'll find it. Um, And so we've been thinking a lot about just how that can sort of be problematic in a way. Um, or can leave you feeling like you haven't done enough or maybe you haven't done things right. And so we just wanted to kind of work through that today and see if we can't figure out a way to do things that matter to us but feel less compelled to have it all figured out at once. Yes. And I don't know if it's just us since we're like plugged into the, I don't know what you'd call it, the self-improvement world but it feels like everybody's talking about finding your purpose and living your purpose and doing all these great things, especially right now with the like current political climate. It kind of feels like everything has to be a big, bold, purposeful statement, no matter what you're doing. And while I do think that's important, I also think a lot of us are getting totally bogged down by it. I know I am. I feel like oh, I want to do this one thing, but is it fulfilling my purpose? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. does it make sense? Um, or is it just something I want to do that makes me happy? So, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I guess it's, it's tough. It is. It's interesting because, like you said, I feel like that's just everywhere. Find your purpose, find your purpose. And I feel bad even saying that because I feel like, you know, as a brand, that's something that I've really, um, pushed for women because I feel like so much of the time we are confused about what it is we're doing or the path that we're on or where we're going to end up. And we want to feel like it's all on purpose or like it's for something or at, at the end of, you know, some rainbow, we're going to figure out why all this has happened or whatever. And so I totally get it. And like, I, for me, I mean, it's something I would love to say, I know exactly what my life's purpose is, but I, the more I go on in life and the more I change my mind and the more I learn about myself and other people, I just wonder if, if that's really a thing or if there are multiple purposes for us in life or like just things that we are, um, you know, for lack of a better word, just meant to do. Um, it's sort of like that debate where people talk about um, your soulmate or like the person that you marry mm-hmm. and like, are you really, is it really set out in time that like you are only supposed to find that person? Or are there many people in the world who given the right time and space that you could find yourself, you know, able to partner with for life? And so it's sort of that whole like, you know, is it or isn't it? And and I think, especially in that scenario, you could probably go all over the place thinking of, of ideas. But yeah, just that idea of like, is there something I'm supposed to do? And if so, how do I find it? Mm-hmm. Or why haven't I found it yet? Or not? Like, am I fine that I haven't? Yeah. Well, I think for me, I feel like I, I don't know. When, when I think about my professional life or my, or anything that I've accomplished thus far, 
I always do this thing where I'm like, oh, well, I've been all over the place. Like, you know, I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. And I thought, like, that meant that I was bad. Like, I was bad at creating a, a, a life or a career because I was all over the place. Because this idea that you have a purpose, I mean, how could you fulfill a purpose by doing a gajillion different things? But I don't know. I'm kind of feeling that you don't have just one purpose, you know, at one given time you have one purpose and then at a different time you have a different purpose, mm -hmm. you know, because I remember, so we both were in the wedding industry and I remember at that time thinking that it was, I was so lucky to be a part of these memories in people's lives and I felt like that for, I don't know, a few years and then I got to a place where I just honestly didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was just was like, I don't want to be a part of these moments in these people's lives anymore. Mm -hmm. But for those years, I really felt like it was my purpose and I was helping people create these memories and it was um, just an opportunity for me to bring happiness and joy to people and help them celebrate love and each other and family and all that kind of stuff. And I don't feel that way anymore. So does that mean that that wasn't my purpose <laughs> or, you know? Yeah. Or like, is there something underneath that? Cause like knowing you in both worlds, I feel like, well, and having been in the same worlds, I feel like I can see that too, but to pull out, like, um, to pull out the theme of that work for you, it was about connection and memory making and the, like just the significance of a moment or an occasion or something special and how important it is to like, you know, put it all out there, wear your heart on your sleeve, tell your person that you care about them, you know, make memories on purpose. And, and so even though like now you're not making cakes and doing that, I still feel like that's a huge part of your, just like your life's work is to, to help other people see the value in that and to do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know as you, it feels like, well, I've done all these things and none of them match up. But like as an outsider, I see that and it's in everything that you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, if you decide to write, you know, I feel like it would be there. And if you, you know, continue coaching or if you decide that you are going to do a speaking tour, whatever the heck you do, I feel like that would be in all of that. Mm -hmm. That is true. So... Well, and I do think you can kind of, and I don't know if this is getting like too far away from the idea, but if you look at your life, you can pull out like themes, you know, just like that, you know, connecting people or like, I don't I think both of us really care about things being attractive and, you know, like put together and polished and beautiful. And I think some people think that that can mean, can be vain or something like that, but I don't know. I think that's a quality that's only in certain types of people, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, mm -hmm. and especially because that's how I am. <laughs> it's fine. I'm like that. <laughs> like, yeah, I want things to look good, and I don't know. So I think you can, like, pull stuff like that from your life, and then you definitely start to develop themes. Yeah. Then, you know, then you can realize, oh, these all are coming to Yeah, that's to so true. Um, so, of course, whoever's listening, you wouldn't know this, but Jessica and I have both talked before about how both of our moms, interestingly enough, have this passion for, like, interiors and decorating and doing all these, you know, like, I don't know, just beautiful things. And so I, I have to wonder if, you know, like, growing up around that and 
admiring that. And Mm -hmm. like now I'm able to see so clearly that, you know, the effort that my mom put into setting up a table or the effort that she put into a dinner party or like the gifts that she bought us for Christmas or whatever, like for her, that was such a way to show love to us Mm -hmm. and, or to show that she cared and was making an effort and, and all these things. And so like, I think maybe both of us just being around people like that, you know, it translated into us also valuing that because Mm -hmm. I know for you too, like, you know, the value in spending hours and hours and hours in the kitchen to prepare something that tastes amazing, but just makes you feel a certain Mm -hmm. way that, um, you know, and, and obviously that was true for both of our weddings things. It was Mm -hmm. very aesthetically based. Um, and then, yeah, I think, well, how do I fit that into whatever I do next? Or maybe it's just, maybe it doesn't fit. Maybe we just, you know, now we're adults and we put that energy into our own houses. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, like you said, there's always a, like, you can make a little trail mm-hmm. of stuff that matters to you. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Life is just so funny like that. And so that when I think about it that way, that I think there is a purpose. We have a purpose. <laughs> I know. But uh, I don't know. I almost think that to have a purpose is is a fact of life. It exists there. But I don't know if we need to be actively seeking it out. You know, like, I don't think we need to print it out and it's a pretty print and hang it on our wall and stare at it every day and say, my purpose is this. <laughs> I think we follow our, our hearts and our minds and our passions as they change and develop and then at the end of our lives, then we could look back and say, this was my purpose. Yeah. And I did it really well. <laughs> maybe so, yeah. Like, maybe at the end is when, you know, you look back and you can see all those little bunny trails mm-hmm. and see, like, how it was all connected and it all made sense. And, like, maybe it just goes back to actively pursuing things that pull at your heart and just, yeah, maybe at the time we spend too much energy worrying about like, well, does this make sense? And is this part of the plan? And should I, or shouldn't I? Like if, if you feel pulled to do that thing, you do the thing. Mm-hmm. And then later you realize yeah, that you where know, it fit in. Yeah. This yeah. is all part of whatever this thing I want to be or this person I was, this life I had. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, it's funny cause if I, I think about it almost like Instagram and how Instagram is blown up to be this thing where we all care how perfectly curated it all is and, Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other hour of conversation. but Another time. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, you set your mind of what you want your Instagram feed to look like, and you only take pictures of the stuff that fits into it. So Uh if you set your mind of what you want your purpose to look like, then you're only going to follow the passions that fit into that purpose. So then, you know, like, the stuff that isn't glamorous and worth, you know, sharing in your perfect Instagram feed, it's still important. Yeah, a lot of times it's way more important than that pretty picture you took that, you know, when the rest of your house is a mess or, you know, you ordered something off a menu just because you wanted to take a picture of it, even though, you know, you don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, that's silly. Why would you do that? You know? Yeah. Like you're setting yourself up to miss out on stuff. To miss stuff. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking when you said that. Yeah, maybe... (laughs) And it could be, too, that you and I are immersed in this entrepreneurial world, in this girl boss world, where, you know, we're very much surrounded by people who feel like, you know, point A needs to lead to point Z, and it needs to equate to whatever, and there has to be this grand plan. 
And if it doesn't fit, then throw it away. Like if it's not your niche, don't do it. If it's not your aesthetic, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like maybe you do, you just miss out on, on really good opportunities in that way. Yeah. Or like maybe to totally shift the gears a little bit, like maybe there is a, a thing that you, maybe not that you're made for, but like a thing that is just so you, um, like I have a friend and she was adopted and had a really hard life and she, um, I think she always just had this sense that, you know, she didn't fit. And so it was really hard for her to make friends and like, she just didn't feel at home with her family and she just never like, you know, she didn't feel comfortable anywhere, which interestingly enough is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. But of course she, she felt it for this very specific reason. And I think her whole, her whole goal as, as a way to like work through that and is that she wants to come out on the other side of it, right? Like she wants to be able to look back at all of those feelings in this one particular box, right? And say like, okay, this is what happened and now I'm going to use it to make this. And I think I can most definitely understand that because I think especially like the worst things that happen to us, we want to believe that we can use that as a fuel or as a... Um, you know, a stepping stone to something else, like the whole beauty from ashes thing. Like we want to believe that like it's all for, for good or for a reason. Um, and so I get that, but at the same time, I feel like in searching so hard for whatever that thing is that makes all this old stuff. Okay. Like you said, I mean, we're either missing stuff or we are just, we're so intently focused on making something out of it when it probably would be made on its own, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay. So she, like my friend I was talking about, like she has this, you know, I feel like I have to help people. I have to do something big with my life, all this stuff. And I think that again, looking from the outside in, I can see that her, what I would call her purpose is like to see people mm -hmm. who don't get seen. And maybe that is helping people in poverty or maybe it's helping kids in schools or maybe it's helping other kids who are adopted. Maybe it's helping, you know, so like I see there's all these different ways that she can use that, that hurt mm -hmm. for something. But I guess that my, just my fear is that we miss out on like, I don't know. We're so intent on finding a reason like a, mm -hmm. that, all this other stuff is just passing us by and we don't even realize. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I don't, and then I think there's like this guilt that people get. I, mean, I know I get if you're doing something and you know, you're like, maybe you're enjoying it. Maybe you're not enjoying it. It doesn't really matter. But then you're thinking like, how does this factor into the big picture? And then you're like, you feel guilty if it's not, and then if you you don't know, you know, like you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm doing this thing because I like it, or I'm doing this thing because I have to, or I'm doing this thing just because it's here. Then that you start to feel like I'm doing life wrong, yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, I can't just do something just bec because, mm -hmm. or even you know deal with the like mundane life stuff. Because you're constantly have that voice in your head that's like, 
find your purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Live your purpose. Do and, it on purpose. Yeah. And, it, and yeah, it's like supposed to be freaking magical, but it's not. I mean, most of the time it's not. <laughs> it's most of the time not. That's mm-hmm. exactly. And I think, like I know for me, I know I keep saying miss out, and and I don't know if that's what I mean, but just that sense of loss almost or feeling like you're behind or like you're doing something wrong because you don't know what this magic purpose is for you. And I don't know, I guess the more that I go on and do stuff and care about things and don't care about things, the more I just, I wish we could all sort of just let that go a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. If you five years ago felt like you know, you were meant to be a photographer and now you don't feel that way, then okay. Like, yeah. do something else. And I know it's so cheesy and like this Pinteresty quote, but you know, there's that thing about like, what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? And I, I feel like that's, again, very trite, but it's so true. Like, that's all you get. And so mm-hmm. if all we focus on is just like, well, it has to all add up or it has to get me here or where am I going? I just don't think you get to live it the way that you deserve to. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I, I can't not remember where I cannot remember where I read this. Um, but it was a quote that said that if you sharpen a knife too much and too long, that you're going to dull the knife. It's not, it's going to totally defeat what you're trying to do. And I really feel like this whole idea of like bettering yourself and soul searching and, you know, whatever it is around, uh, creating this perfect Zen kind of bullshit idea of life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're, you're over sharpening the knife and you're, I don't know. I kind of think you have to just live it and do stuff that I don't want to. I want to say make mistakes, but I don't mean that. So you want to do things that maybe don't feel right. They feel like mistakes. I don't really think they are mistakes. I think they're going to lead you somewhere. They're going to teach you something. You're going to take something from it. Yeah. Um, and there isn't room for that if all you're doing is trying to, like, polish yourself. Yeah. Because then all you're doing is you're just setting the bar higher and higher and higher. And I don't know. It just feels like you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Well, for what? Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. why continue to raise the bar? Why? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know I do that to myself. Like, I feel like, oh, I'll just read another book and then I'll, oh. I'll, I'll be a new person. Same. I'm an information junkie. Like, if there is something that someone somewhere says mm-hmm. might help me with a thing, I'm going to read it and I am going to, I mean... Yeah, try it out. And... Yeah, like, I, I constantly... I find myself constantly looking for the thing that is going to change it all or that's going to finally click and make me feel at peace or whole or like the person I'm supposed to be. And yeah, I just, I realize, or I wonder, I guess, I don't realize, I wish I could realize. I wonder if, you know, in constantly doing that, if I'm not just like, if it's not just right under my nose. Mm Mm-hmm. If there's not something I could be doing that would make me feel awesome. Yeah. But I'm not because I'm so obsessed with, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever else is there. Yeah. 
Well, and, and I mean, and that's not to say that there isn't valuable information out there because I know we both talk about certain books and people like they're you know our our god. <laughs> Glennon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Love Warrior is our our bible. Yes, <laughs> and, pretty much. And I will stand by that um, and never regret reading it. But I don't know. I and I don't know what the know i don't know if this is a problem that can be solved if it's a problem that just you and i are dealing with right or if it's just people in this area <laughs> just so everybody knows there's a plumber in my house right now and my husband who walks really loud so <laughs> please ignore any background noise i, I apologize <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah i wonder like is there i don't know is there a problem to be solved or do we just need to like cut ourselves some freaking slack like yes chill. <laughs> read the book enjoy the book take something from the book use it if you want if you don't like it who cares and then go out and do whatever your freaking heart or gut is telling you to do uh, you know you gotta still do your chores and go to work and make the money and pay the bills and you know do all the stuff you don't want to do that's life but then leave room for the the stuff you do want to do yeah and I don't know, so we were talking earlier about the, the difference between um, purpose and passion. And I don't know, I think maybe maybe the focus needs to be shifted into talking about passion and living your passion. And this idea that today you're living your passion, which is whatever the heck it is. And then maybe tomorrow you're going to live a different passion. And that's not bad. You know, you're find your passion and do that, not find your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Glennon, I think, yeah, well, I think, I know it's her who says this, but, um, I went to see her in Denver last year and she was talking about, um, you know, what you're meant to do with your life. And she said, I always tell people to ask themselves what breaks their heart. And then that's how you know what to do. And so I was really like intently focused on that and thinking like, what breaks my heart? And the answer is pretty much freaking everything. Like I'm super emotional. I'm super, um, what's the word? Um, I'm like very empathetic and Mm -hmm. I probably overly so like if someone Mm -hmm. else is feeling something, I'm feeling it too. Um, and so that, that made it hard for me to narrow it down in terms of, of finding that. But I think the point is just like noticing the stuff that matters to you or feels significant to you and choosing to spend your time there. And consequently, that probably is your freaking purpose, but we just don't have to call it that or worry about it so much or put all that pressure on it. Um, But, you know, take notice when, I don't know, when you're scrolling or like if you're on Twitter and you see something that just enrages you, take notice of it. And it's like, okay, what about this bugs me? And like, do I feel like this is part of a bigger problem? Is it something that I've always cared about? Is it this, that, or the other? And really just like looking at that stuff and trying to figure out what gets me fired up, what impassions me, and then choosing to spend your time on that stuff. And that could be a million different things. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, I mean, it could be, I we had this great article when I worked on Heart Magazine and um, she was talking about how, so she's a, um, a 
I don't know, a professional chef, but she was talking about how so many of her friends and just like women in general, the kitchen or cooking is such an area of failure for them because they feel like they're not good at it or they don't have time or both. Um, they don't know what to make, la la la. They don't have good experiences with food. And her whole thing was about just finding a way to like really own your kitchen space and how like whether that means you really learn how to use like paprika and chili powder and garlic and like you just know the crap out of those and you can put them on all kinds of things and make a good meal every time or you know maybe you like just try to master a thing or maybe you come to terms with the fact that you can't cook whatever the heck it is but I just thought it was really cool that she could say you know you don't have to like be this domestic goddess to be mm-hmm. to not hate your kitchen. Like it can be your way of doing it. And I thought that that was I don't know, I just thought that was important because you can care deeply about the food in your kitchen or you cannot. Mm-hmm. And you can care deeply about, you know, animal cruelty or you cannot or you know, like I just don't think it all has to line up the way that we have trained ourselves to think it does. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> I mean, that kind of touches on that whole idea of, um, oh God, now I just lost it. So a lot of times within creative jobs, you hear people say that, you know, like writing is a muscle that you have to, to work all the time. Or yeah. Something. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't get that out. Um, and I think that's what people are kind of missing out is they, they want to be, they want that muscle to be like big and intense, <laughs> but they don't want to do the work, you know, like us, like we want to read about it, <laughs> you know, we're going to, are you talking about me or <laughs> we want to, <laughs> this isn't about muscles, <laughs> but, well, real muscles, this is just an analogy that's going too far, <laughs> but, but you know, you, I don't know, you read about it and you, you see these people who are like killing it and you're like I want to be like them you know we're like we want to be like Glennon but we don't want to live all the but yeah I don't want to like that led her to you know make all these great discoveries and you know like she started off writing and nobody was paying attention to it for a long time right but we, you know we read about these successes and we're like I want to be the best but we don't want to do anything up until that point we don't want to do all the work <laughs> yeah. no Well, and I have to wonder, since we're talking about Mama G anyways, like, did she, the first day that she sat down to write, did she think, like, oh, this is my purpose. Like, I found it, you know? I mean, probably not. Like, she just had some thoughts, and she shared them, and, you know, now, 10 years later, she can see, like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is my thing, and this does matter what I do. But I I doubt that that's her intention. In fact, I know it wasn't, because she said so. Um... And so it goes back to what you said, like, maybe we just need to give ourselves a freaking break. Like, if you feel like writing something, then write it. And if you feel like learning guitar, then learn it. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, associated with finding your life's work. And it doesn't have to be associated with, you know, having a 500k year by doing this thing. Like, maybe just do something because you love it or it speaks to you. Mm-hmm. And then... Let the rest be what it is. Like, do your crummy job just so that you can make your money. And then when you get home, do something you love. Yeah. Well, and earlier, before we started recording this, we were talking about this idea that you're, like, <clears throat> you're climbing this mountain to the peak of your purpose, and then you stand on top of the mountain when you, you're a certain age, 
and you, you know, declare that I, I lived my purpose and it was glorious, Every look at everything I did. But I don't really think that's it. I kind of think your path is kind of winding and bumpy Windy, yeah. and all sorts of that, all sorts of things like that. Because, I mean, I think about certain things that I wanted to do when I had my bakery, you know, I, I wanted I wanted to achieve a certain level of success. I wanted to <clears throat> feel like I was expressing myself creatively in a certain way and that kind of thing. And I achieved all those things. And then it was time to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know? Like, yeah. you don't have to, like, keep getting... I didn't need to be Martha Stewart in order to feel like it was a success. Yeah. And... I, I don't know if a lot of people realize, I know I didn't realize that until I'm now, you know, almost two years away from selling the business and I can now look back and say, you know what, I did a pretty damn good job and somebody wanted to buy it and it's still running the business. So obviously I did something right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in the moment I didn't think that I thought I was a freaking failure, you yeah. know, like that I, I lost my passion and I lost what was what I was supposed to be doing and I didn't care about it anymore. So obviously I was a terrible human being who didn't yeah. know how to live this enlightened life, but it was just a bump on the huge path to whatever purpose mountain is. <laughs> to wherever purpose mountain happens to be. I, you made me think of something. Gosh. Oh, okay. So we were talking about the one wild and beautiful life thing. And as soon as I said that, I've now been thinking like, I wonder if that's our freaking problem is if we like put so much emphasis on doing it well mm-hmm. that we don't just like do it, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, this is the only life I get, so it better be good. <laughs> like, There's probably going to be great stuff, whether mm-hmm. you mean for there to be or not. And there's going to be crappy stuff no matter how hard we try to avoid it or like, you know, to whatever. I mean, even if you do find your freaking purpose, there's going to be awful things. And maybe we, maybe our generation has put too much, like, I feel like we tried to buck the idea that it has to only be done a certain way, Mm -hmm. which is cool because it allows, I mean, think how many people, you know, just yourself who own their own business. Like, 10 years ago, I could not say... I don't know if I knew anyone who owned yeah. their own business. Like, I mean, our parents worked for other people. Like, that's just what you did. And so, even that is cool that that this, you know, whatever whole group of people decided, like, no, we can totally do something else. And I think that's really cool. But at the same time, I wonder if it has played a role in us feeling unsatisfied. Because it's like... Mm-hmm. everyone else seems to be living their wild and perfect life and or beautiful or whatever it is and I'm not and mm-hmm. it's almost just like there's more emphasis that you're not doing it right or something yeah well I yeah I think so I think we're like first off I think we're totally inundated with information and you know whatever that quote is that you're seeing somebody's I'm really bad with this today. I can't. I wish I knew what you meant and I could uh, help you, but you're seeing yeah, you're people are sharing their best moments, not yes. their their highlight reel. Ones. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so that's a problem. And then also I just think there's just not an understanding of the reality of what's happening. I was listening to I believe it was uh Marie Forleo. It was her podcast, which is the same as Marie TV. 
um, which is awesome. I recommend that to anybody <clears throat> in business or who desires to be in business. But she was talking to the lady who started Design Sponge. I don't remember her name. Oh, um, Grace Grace Bonnie. Is yeah, that her? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and they were talking about how they um, they actually liked talking to people who were early on in their businesses more than people who were farther who had been in business for 10, 15, 20 years and were making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, whatever, because they were still close to the passion and close to the, those rough, I mean, it's rough the whole time, but it's a different kind of like rough years. They were so close to everything that was happening. So they were so much better to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just think that's so interesting because I feel like we spend so much time idolizing these people who have grown these like immense businesses or projects or whatever. I mean, just think, I mean, us talking about Glennon and everybody, you know, everybody like worships Oprah. Mm-hmm. And I even think about, um, Sophia Amoruso who wrote girl boss, which I really like that book. And I do think it's a great book, but the farther I get down this like life journey, the more I think that I don't like following her as much because she's such a giant success story mm-hmm. that it's like, putting this pressure like yeah you have to how do you have to achieve these huge great things and be a girl boss and bust your ass and do all this stuff but people aren't talking about I don't know how hard it is and and the bigger you get it just gets so much more complicated I don't know that for a fact but I've read a lot and listened to a lot after all the reading (laughs) yeah I've never owned a million dollar company but I don't know. It's just, it's not as glamorous as people make it out to be. And, you know, everybody has to pay their taxes. Everybody has to <laughs> fold their laundry or whatever, you know, do, yeah. do whatever they don't want to do. And people just aren't talking about that as much. Well, and I think it really undervalues, like, the the little guy. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm trying to think of a good example here, but I, I don't know, like a dry cleaner or mm-hmm. something, you know, like... If you live in a big city and, I don't know, you can have your laundry sent out or something. I don't know how big cities work. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it doesn't, it doesn't leave space for, you know, the family that has, like, owned this business forever and Mm -hmm. who takes great pride in taking care of our town's (laughs) dry cleaning needs. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to make light of that, but, like, everybody has something that they contribute and I feel like in looking at that like oh it has to be this big or we're projecting a you know this many k year it just doesn't honor like how cool it is to to serve someone in a small capacity like um I don't know I can't I can't think of a better example in the dry cleaner which surely there is one but Um, when I used to teach, there was this, um, speech of Martin Luther King's that I would always read with the kids. And he went to this middle school to talk to the kids about how you can really do like these opportunities were about to present themselves to these kids in a way that their parents had never seen. Right. And how, you know, as middle schoolers, they were just on the verge of this, this giant opportunity to like be great but he said, the problem is we think that we all have to be huge and great. And that's, and we don't. Like, maybe your lot in life is to be a street sweeper. And you don't need to feel like you're not good enough because that's your job. You do that job like it's the most important thing you'll ever do. 
you do it like it's your life's work because someone has to do that job. Like there, you know, like no matter how many big people there are, there are people who still have to do all these other things. And that if we don't take pride in that, and if we don't like see for ourselves, what a big deal it is that we are able to serve other people or to have a purpose or a passion or a job that we're really doing ourselves a disservice because we we just don't see how vital each little person is or mm-hmm. each little role or whatever. And maybe that's something we lose too when we get so obsessed with finding like our thing is mm-hmm. that really if you sat back and looked and you went through it all, again, we can talk about the bunny trails, but like there's stuff littered throughout our lives that is small but like, but significant and, mm-hmm. and big. Yeah. Well, in that, I mean, so we were talking semi-recently about, um, I think it was the magazine is what we were talking about. And you were saying that you were disappointed with how, how it went, but even though it was relatively successful. And so then I said, um, well, if you weren't watching other people, would you still have been as disappointed? Mm-hmm. And it's really that idea. Like, I don't know if we can ever really answer that because we're all paying, you know, we all are paying attention to certain people and we want to reach a certain level of success. And I don't know if, even if we did reach that success, if we would still feel good about it because there's always somebody doing it better. Mm-hmm. I think we're spending so much time. I mean, this goes back to the <laughs> the reading everything. Yeah. You know, we're just p- spending so much time just watching watching and then and then we wonder why we aren't in we aren't living or we don't aren't feeling fulfilled in the life we're living but we're not living our life we're watching everybody else's and then trying to create it like match it yeah Mm -hmm. that's so true Hmm. (laughs) i mean deep stuff the big questions (laughs) And you know what's funny? You guys might be, like, listening and thinking, like, wow, how much time did they spend in trying to think of this really profound topic? But, like, this is just literally the stuff of our lives. Like, this is what we would be talking about. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, this is what we'd be talking about in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Except that we wouldn't be there together. (laughs) Well, if somebody invents a WhatsApp shower... Capability, like app. a button. That's what we talk about. We'll use it if they could be our first sponsor. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what I mean to say is, like, in our sleep or at lunch or anytime we're together, because we are deep thinkers, mm-hmm. and there's just there's a lot going on up here. I'm pointing to my head. I know you can't see that, but there's just a lot in there, and like this is the stuff that we think about, and I. I know that we're not the only two people in the world thinking about it. And so that's why we thought, gosh, maybe we could just talk about this stuff with you guys and see if we couldn't, I don't know, just kind of like plow through the things that hold us back. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what our purpose is. I don't know what the purpose of this episode is. Kidding. Um, But just like... I guess I would like to be less worried about it mm-hmm. myself going forward. Yeah. Just not care so much. Like, literally once a day I can find myself saying, what am I doing with my life? 
Mm-hmm. Which I can mean really literally, or I can mean like, why did I just eat three bowls of Fruit Loops? What am I doing with my life? I mean, I say it all the time, but I also mean it. And it, I feel like I just put a lot of pressure on myself for no reason. Yeah. Well, it's stupid. It's just, it's really stupid. And <laughs> it is stupid. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Thing, like, it's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm raising three kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like someone's partner. I'm a teacher. I'm, you know, like a woman who cares about stuff like that's what I'm doing with my life yeah I'm not not doing something just because it doesn't all add up to like Mm -hmm. some grand total when I mean when I think about it like I think about people in my life who've passed away and when I think about them I don't like think like my grandma her purpose was no to be really catholic (laughs) not at all (laughs) and I think of the little stuff I think of like you know, she would always hug me a certain way, or she would always giggle the certain way, or she just always had the funniest things to say. Or I mean, like, the thing that I remember most about my grandma, this is so funny, We and this is kind of terrible, we kind of joke that this is why she passed away, but um, it was during pre-elections, all of that, and I mean, it was before stuff got really bad, but she couldn't remember Donald Trump's name, and so she'd call him Funny Face. <laughs> She would just get so frustrated. She'd be like, ah, funny face. <laughs> and she'd get so mad. And so we joked that, you know, thank God she passed away. You didn't have to see this. <laughs> she, was, she saw it coming and she was like, nope. Grandma's out. I'm going to go with the big man upstairs. <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't think about her purpose at all. No. Am I, I mean, even like the, the big figures in history, you know, like Martin Luther King, his relatives... I'm sure that they think about all that he did for this country and his legacy, but I bet the things they remember most about him are, you know, the meals he made or the stories he told or his quirks or whatever, or how passionate he was about a certain topic. That's so true. I'm like having my mind blown right now. <laughs> but I, I've given interviews and people always say, you know, if you could have lunch with anybody alive or dead, or if you could... You know, who's the most significant person? And I do. I always say my grandparents, my dad's parents, they were the best freaking people in the world. And you're right. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know that either of them would have said my purpose is blah, blah, blah. But they loved each other and they loved us. And they just made a lot out of a little. Like no matter how seemingly insignificant the thing was, they made it special and it was valued and important. And I, yeah, I'm, wow, my, I am at a loss because I just feel so convicted in that. Like, that's not what we remember about them. And you know, who doesn't care what they did is their boss or like their coworker or the girl down the street who was prettier or whatever. Like just all this crap that I, I feel like somehow we have let matter or dictate our success. Those people aren't the ones remembering them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't matter at all. I mean, they're humans. We need to be kind to them. But I mean, fine, but... Yeah. yeah don't they don't like need them. to, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't need to feel compelled to find my life's purpose because 9 out of 10 people on Instagram have found theirs. Exactly. And I'm sure they're all freaking lying. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like... And I know, I mean, I know it seems dumb, like... If you're so obsessed with, or if you get so derailed by Instagram, like, just stop getting on there. But mm-hmm. I feel like we are just surrounded by that right now. hmm I do, too. But, it, wow. hmm So maybe the moral of this 
currently unnamed podcast <laughs> is stop talking about your goddamn purpose. Yeah. <laughs> live your life. <laughs> Just live your life. Do stuff that feels freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. If you care about something, then then care about it and do it and let it take you places and just don't worry so much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, other than worked up. Worked up. Ranting. <laughs> Unlike we've done in the past hour. <laughs> Recording yourself. <laughs> the sound of footsteps. <laughs> in a uh, dripping gutter. Uh, um, well, hey. I feel very enlightened. I do too. Huh. If only we had like some exit music to go out on. I know. (laughs) We'll think of something. (laughs) All right. Well, there we go. That was cool. Good for us. 